Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Podcorn. What is Podcorn, I hear you ask? Well, it is the must-use tool for any business looking to advertise and any podcast looking for sponsors. I know the hardest thing about starting a podcast was trying to find people to sponsor the show, but Podcorn takes away that difficulty and it's easy to use marketplace. Podcasts of all sizes can browse the dozens and dozens of potential sponsors to find the right ones that suit their show. They get to set their own rates and get to collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. They even get the option to do ad reads, interviews, topical discussions, and more. What's the catch, I hear you say? Surely, if you use Podcorn, you give up the rights to your show? No, 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 no. You silly goose, that's not true at all. Not only do you not give up any of the show's rights, but Podcorn help you every step of the way to ensure you're protected and compensated for all the hard work that you do. I know how hard you need to work to put together a show. And getting paid by a sponsor, a brand that I like, use and trust, is a dream come true. It's all free and so easy to use. So who doesn't love something that's free? So go check out the link in the show's description and head over to podcorn.com. That's P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. The must-use tool for anyone serious about podcasting. Okay, Kimi, that's the checkered flag. Well done. I think it's the best we could do today. We did a good race. So we need more charge, maximum fuel saving, please. And pick up Robert. Yeah, one thing. Again, the drink pipe came loose from the formation and it's been behind my back the whole race. That filter, so I don't know how it's so difficult to put it connected correctly. Okay, copy that. I will have a chat with the guys, see what happens. Episode 40, ooh-wee, on the show today. We break down every itty-bitty thing that happened in Monaco. I serve up a delicious embarrassment sandwich, and we do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh, from the weekend and much, much more, but first, we hand the mic over to a man. Now, that man invited the Williams sisters back to his luxury yacht and opened up his pit stop window. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, 
one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your main squeeze, Cody, a.k.a. the Coldopotamus. And I've been wandering the Serengeti, looking for a tasty snack. And I think I found one here today. What's, what's that I'm holding in my hand, you ask? <laughs> That's my Ferme. So park it on up in there. It's going to be a tight squeeze. As I bring you the Park It In My Ferme show, the only show that talks all things Formula One, but I make it comical. All the news, opinions, discussion, results, statistics, and much, much more. I have to say, if you've missed out on any of the episodes, first of all, how dare you? But more importantly, head over to the website, parkitinmyferme.com, to catch up on every episode ever made. And better yet, you see that listening device of yours, that one you're holding in your hand, that app that you're listening through right now, you know the one. Look down at that subscribe and follow button and gently caress it. Caress the device of yours. Oh yeah, with the smooth tip of your finger. So you can be the first in the world to hear my soothing, smooth, sexy sounds twice a week. Not enough? Well, I don't bloody blame you. We have some socials. Come on, give us a follow at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Parker in my family. And what a huge colossus gigantic mammoth show we have for you tonight oh, so much to talk about we had a race on the weekend the monaco gp we break down everything that happened i serve up a delicious embarrassment sandwich and we go through the good the bad and the ugly from the weekend you'll get your stat of the week and much much more but what are we doing here mucking around doing nothing not anymore not anymore at all because it's time to get started and uh i don't know why not start with the news? New, new, news, 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 news. Cody, Formula One news. Pocket in my Ferme, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Ferme, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Okay, whistle man, do your thing. That's the stuff. So we're going to start off with some condolences. Max Mosley, former FIA president from 1993 to 2009, passed away at the age of 81. He will be missed, but he did an excellent job. He was really there during that uptick that in popularity in the late 90s, early 2000s, when we had Schumacher dominating, Alonso coming along, Vettel starting to hit his stride. He was the man in charge at that time. So, so long, Max Mosley. Rest in peace. Moving on, Mercedes are going to be taking the FIA to court over the bendy wings because they're dragging their feet. Delaying the introduction for whatever reason leaves us in a legal vacuum and leaves the door open for protest. That's what Toto Wolf had to say. Now, his team has won the last seven drivers and constructors world titles. It's, it's probably two other teams that are most affected, maybe more, and obviously a protest could end up in the ICA, International Court of Appeal, and that it would be a messy situation and can take weeks before we have a result. He said McLaren had nothing to change, but some teams have benefited from doing things which in 
our point of view, are clearly against the regulations. Allowing them to have further advantage for some more races is clearly something and that we strongly disagree with. That's what Toto Wolf had to say. We hope the FIA shows a very strong hand on this. It is simply not acceptable because it puts teams that comply with the regulations at a big disadvantage. Okay. Alright, he's doing that thing. He's doing a Christian Horner is what he's doing. He sees another team actually having some success. Oh, you bendy wings. Oh, oh you are going to fix it. Fix it now. That's what he's saying. Hey, look, I'm, I'm with him. You know, if you, you got to do what you got to do to get your team in front. You know, make him fix it now. I mean, it, it's not going to be a quick process. And also, it wasn't going to affect the result in Monaco. And I think Baku's going to be the same issue. You're going to have Toto going in as the underdog because he always says they're the underdog. But it, it's one of those street circuits where it's going to need a lot of downforce. And, I mean, there are a lot more straights. It's going to be a lot quicker. But I don't know. I can see Red Bull getting one there. And I can see Toto Wolf also getting upset that the bendy wings are still around. Moving on. Has F1 become a billionaire's boy club? Of course it has. This is what Lewis Hamilton had to say. We live in a time where the sport has become a billionaire's boys club. That's what Hamilton told Spanish publication AS. If I were to start over from a working class family, it would be impossible for me to be here today because the other boys would have a lot more money. We have to work to change that to make it more accessible sport for the rich and for people with more humble origins. Three of F1's current drivers, Lance Stroll, Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazepin, are son of billionaires, while another two, Hamilton's 2021 rival, Max Verstappen and Mick Schumacher, are the sons of former Formula One drivers. Now, this is where I do tend to agree with young Sir Lewis. It is a billionaire's boy club. And that's the nature of the sport, because the sport is so rich, because you need so much money to put a team together. You need all the sponsors. Teams are going to be... Asking billionaires for handouts. Billionaires are going to want their boys to be riding. They want, you know, it's like that Chinese owner. Uh, that soccer soccer team in China that the owner then said, I'll buy the team, but by the way, you've got to put my son in. He has to play every match. He's got no business being out there. There are a lot of drivers out there better than Nikita Mazepin and Nicholas Latifi. I'm telling you that right now. You know, but they've got the seat because daddy's got the cash. Cash is king. But that's it for the news. There's not much going on because all the focus was on the race and it's about time we break it down. So what do you think of those topics? Head over to the socials at Parker my fair mate, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ooh, what a weekend that was in Monaco. Not, not really the race, but the lead-in, the theatrics. The results were all amazing. I was happy with the results, but the race, the way we got there, it was a bit meh. It's a little bit boring. What was it, like two or three overtakes during the entire race? No lead changes. And the most exciting thing that happened, the TV director decided not to even show up, but we got a little picture of Lance Stroll instead. But enough negativity. We need to break down everything that happened. So let's start with the positives. Big congratulations to Maxi Boy, Max Verstappen, and Red Bull in general. One of two teams to get both drivers in the points. Big congratulations to Carlos Sainz, Podium as well as Lando Norris for the McLaren on the podium as well. Got to hang out with Serena Williams. So, we have some promise that some wet weather, and it was sprinkled throughout the weekend, but just not during any of the juicy bits. 
a free practice started and it was a it was a little bit meh. But we saw Ferraris go out and perform really well and I predicted that. I know, I know, I'm the greatest. But then again, I also predicted that McLaren would also dominate in the practices and quali and I guess I was only half right on that one. Not a lot of drama in FP1 and 2. FP3 saw a little bit more as teams were fine-tuning their cars, getting them ready for the massive qualifying session, the only session that really mattered all weekend. Traffic became a big issue, as it always does, with Pierre Gasly getting getting a little bit upset. He was getting held up, and he wasn't too happy about it either. Take a listen to him. What? Uh, what is this? Like, what the f is this guy doing? Can you explain me? Yeah, I'm right behind you. Okay, yeah, let's go for a charge-up. Yeah, the guy literally, I'm coming. Why didn't he let me pass? Yeah, I understand. Unbelievable. That wasn't all though. Lando Norris straight after was held up by the Ferrari that wouldn't get out of his way. The f*** is this guy doing? Yeah, okay, careful cars behind. They're about to launch. So Latifi right behind. Hamilton. Okay, next car then will be Stroll. Just dangerous. Mitch Schumacher had a little bit of a spill in FP3, stepping onto the throttle a little too quickly and losing control of the car, providing us with a red flag. Remember now, I did predict three red flags over the weekend, one in FP, three practice, one in quali, and then one in the race, and I'm never wrong. So was I right today? Was I right? Well, let's find out, let's find out. So we move on to the main event of the weekend, and the race, the race was the race, which was the race, and it's going to provide us with nothing. Just boring laps and boring uneventful laps, but qualifying. We oh boy, oh boy. Here we go. Poor Mick and the Haas team were unable to get his car up and running for qualifying, so he wasn't able to be out there. However, it does mean he can still race on Sunday, as he has set good enough lap times in free practice, avoids the 107%. But with Q1, there was no real upset. Valtteri was the only car in the one minute tens and was looking amazing. Hamilton was seven tenths off his teammate. People were shocked to see Fernando eliminating Q1, but I'm not. He's in an Alpine, all right? Yes, he was looking okay in that car, but last couple of races, he struggled. It was a car most likely designed for Ocon on a different, difficult circuit than most. It's no surprise that he was eliminated, not, not my eyes. So it's the two Haases, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, Fernando Alonso, Nicholas Latifi, and Yuki Tsunoda. Yuki has not been able to get on top of that AlphaTauri all year. He shocked us in Bahrain, and we all had high hopes, but the little sweary sailor. But he really has disappointed since. He had to be dropped from that fantasy team quicker than a hot potato. Moving on, Q2 started, and again, Lewis was seven-tenths of his teammate. What's going on with Lewis Hamilton? Bottas into the mid-110s, along with Verstappen and two Ferraris who were flying around the streets of Monaco. I think a lot of people predicted that they were just showing off in free practice and when it came time to actually go racing that the other boys would pass them. Not the case. Leclerc was quickest with, I think, the biggest shock exit being Daniel Ricciardo and probably Esteban Ocon as well. He's been uh, racing really well. Both being eliminated. Ricciardo over half a second down on Norris when Monaco is his baby. He rules the streets, as his helmet said. That's his circuit. One week, we think he's figured the car out and he's on top of it. The next, it's back to square one. He said he felt great in the car as well and wasn't sure what the issue was. So, I don't know. We've got to fix some things up ahead of Baku in a couple of weeks' time. George Russell, Kimi Raikkonen, Lance Stroll, join them. What's that? 
What's that? I'm sorry, have you done the process of elimination? Antonio Giovinazzi, aka the racing car Jesus, makes it through to Q3. What an amazing effort by him, and I've been saying it all year. These Alfa Romeos aren't too bad. I know we have the best of the rest race, but the best of the worst? Ooh, Alfa Romeo, looking good. Ooh wee. Main event of the evening time, and that means Q3. Because we ain't talking about the race. And it was spectacular. For probably the wrong reasons. I still kind of enjoyed it. Charles Leclerc was able to set the fastest time during the first lot of runs. An incredible 1 minute 10 seconds. Point three, uh, two tenths quicker than anyone else. Now, they start their second run. The clock's winding down. The track is ramping up. Lots of track evolution. Charles goes out. He is approaching Raskas. He clips the wall at the start of the chicane and broke his steering, leaving him colliding into the wall. Similar to what Nicholas Latifi did in free practice, but what happened next was that there were a few drivers going much faster than Charles Leclerc's pole lap time. Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz being two of them, they were on flying laps and looking very good with first sector times much lower than Leclerc's. Now take a listen to the crash and their reactions that follow. Joe Leclerc, the man on pole, has gone into the barriers. The red flag has come out with only 18 seconds remaining. That is it for qualifying. Man. Leclerc's hit the wall at 16. Ah, oh, this would have been the lap. Yeah, one and a half up on the exit of eight. Yeah. It could be a chassis change, Max, so, uh, yeah, and you got uh, Lewis down in P7. Yeah, don't worry, mate. Uh, yeah, if, uh, oh, this is off. Double yellow, double yellow. I cannot believe it, I cannot believe it. All right, flag, stay positive. No, this is not fair. I'm sorry, guys, but this is not fair. Yeah, the big uh, crash there. I hope it's okay at least. Yeah. Ah. You really hope he's okay, Science? I doubt it. I doubt it. Of course he does. I'm only kidding. So Leclerc was on pole. Big question that now came up was that, uh, was what Christian Horner alluded to, was there any significant damage to the Ferrari? So we had Leclerc, Verstappen, Bottas with, with a great time, I'm sure is going to have a magnificent race and nothing will go wrong for Bottas at all. It always goes right for him. There's never an incident with Valtteri Bottas where things go wrong. He's going to have a fantastic Monaco race. I'm just sure of it. Uh, followed by Carlos and Lando. Pierre Gasly in P6. Very nice. Lewis Hamilton P7. Three tenths slower than Bottas. Not sure what's going on there. You know, he's Lewis Hamilton. It's the, it's the car. It's the car. Well, it's the car until it's not the car. And right now, it's not the car. Oh, it's the driver. That's letting him down, because the car is the same as Bottas. Bottas is three-tenths quicker. Was quicker in every single uh, qualifying session. So, not really sure what is going on down there. Uh, he's significantly slower in all three qualities as well. Seb Vettel, P8. Awesome drive by him and Perez, surprisingly, in P9. Much slower than Max by a full second, too. It's not even close. It's a second off the pace. I think Antonio was just happy to be there. He was just happy. Qualifying P10. So the question remains, should Leclerc 
have had his lap time deleted for causing a red flag in Q3 and guaranteeing himself pole position. Did he do it on purpose? The conspiracy theory lives on. Although I believe he didn't quite do it on purpose because, as you're about to hear, he uh, did a bit more damage than we all thought to the car. I also believe that there wasn't much of an effort to miss that wall. If you watch the replay, he doesn't just tap it, he full-on tries to penetrate it, tries to enter it. In IndyCar, it ca if you cause a double yellow or a red flag and you set a pole time, you lose that lap time. So that would have put him P10. Let me know what your thoughts are on the socials about that. At Parker, in my family, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because I would have loved... I, I would have loved to see him actually on pole. I, I don't think any of the teams would have signed off on them changing the that rule, but... Excellent, excellent effort prior to, to smashing up the car. So, for the next 24 hours, all anyone was talking about was whether or not Leclerc's car would be alright for the start of the race. Well, here he is heading out to the track. See if you can tell if everything is alright. No. 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 The gun box goes. Not only will Charles Leclerc not start from pole position, he will not start the Monaco Grand Prix at all. Ferrari confirm that it's a problem with the left drive shaft, which is impossible to fix in time for the start of the race. But the race was underway. Max was all of a sudden on pole. Wasn't allowed to physically move up the grid and give himself the good side of the track, but was still able to cover Bottas off the line and then it was business as usual for the first 20 or so-ish laps. Although on, on opening lap, we saw Schumacher overtake Mazepin on the hairpin corner, just bullied his way in there and said, nope, nope, uh, that, is, that is my spot, not your spot, my spot. But when it comes to overtaking, that's really, that's really all that happened. The pit window was then open. Now this was the most interesting part of the race. This was where all the undercuts and overcuts will be taking place, so... Instead of getting overtaking, we will be getting this, and boy, did this shake things up. All right, Bottas, your time to pit. Nothing ever goes wrong with Bottas in the pits. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, you can't get the right front tire off. You've stripped the bolt, and the tire won't come off at all. Great, let's take a listen. Valtteri Bottas now pits for Mercedes, so they brought Hamilton in, then a lap later, in comes Valtteri Bottas, and it's oh, the hard time to... The front's not even off yet. They Blue. can't get the right front off. Someone needs to get a big hammer and try and give it a shunt with that, because at the moment, that tyre is not budging, and this is Valtteri Bottas' race being ruined before your very eyes. And, and that's it, the wheel nut will not come off. Clutch position, shallow. Guys. Yeah, the machine nut. Valtteri Bottas, he is now out of this race, yeah. was running second, still in the pits. That is it. Over for Valtteri Bottas. And you want to know the worst part about that as well? Toto Wolf come out later and said that that wasn't entirely the pit crew's fault. It was Bottas's fault for pulling up to where he didn't. That's a load of horse shit, Toto. Stop putting your boy out there. He's not your scapegoat right now, all right? You cocked up. Your drivers did great. All right, I don't know, Lewis and Quali, not so much, but your drivers did great. Your strategists and your team did horrendous. With Hamilton stuck behind Gasly all race, Mercedes decided to bring him in first. 
Not only did he still come out behind Gasly after Gasly had stopped, but Vettel went on a longer stint and was able to overcut both Gasly and Hamilton, putting Hamilton back even further. Take a listen to Hamilton when he sees Vettel exit the pits and also a few laps later still showing disgust with the decision to pit on lap 30. I see the twitching of uh, airlines and mechanics getting ready at Mercedes. Lewis box opposite Gasly, box opposite Gasly. There he is, stopping now, hard compound tyre to go on to that Mercedes to get him towards the end. And the nice stop, 2.2 seconds. So the key was, Martin, getting out ahead of Antonio Giovinazzi yep. in the Alfa Romeo. And look at this then. Gasly out ahead of Hamilton. How am I still behind him? Come on. Gasly, by a car length and a half, is ahead of Hamilton there. What an awful lap for the Mercedes-Benz team. They didn't undercut Gasly, much to Lewis Hamilton's chagrin. Vettel comes in uh, for a set of hard compound tyres. They have traffic on pit exit. Valtteri is out race. Vettel reacting then and has that inside line as they come through Sandovot. Vettel, is he ahead of Gasly? They're going to go wheel to wheel. I think Sebastian Vettel ahead of Pierre Gasly. Yes, he is. What has just happened, guys? It's lost two places. Yeah, copy loose. Just reviewing it now. Well, he's lost two places there because Sebastian Vettel has managed to jump Lewis Hamilton by well, another Vettel overcut. Pierre Gasly stays ahead of Hamilton. It's all going horribly wrong for Mercedes. P.S. We can now find vision of that overtake too. But it was, if you wanted to watch it during the race live, tough titties. The TV director decided Lance Stroll struggling by himself with a chicane at Raskas was more exciting than... The only wheel-to-wheel -wheel action we saw all race. It didn't get any better for Hamilton on lap 36. Perez pitted. He started P8 on the grid and was able to leap past Hamilton, Gasly and Vettel go up to P4. Well done, Sergio Perez and Red Bull. We saw this in free practice and quality. The track evolution is massive in Monaco. Why not let the car run longer? Get the grip and speed on tyres that don't wear out. And pit later on. Make sure there's no traffic. Traffic is king in Monaco. Make sure you come out no traffic. Make sure if you've got a good position on the track with no traffic, stay out there. Here's Perez stop and Hamilton being told that he will lose position to Perez. Lewis, we're under threat to losing position to Perez as well. Sorry about that. I've lost position to Perez. Yeah, he's yet to stop. Currently doing 14-6. And Perez My is going to be ahead. comfortably ahead. He has got himself up into fourth place. Okay, Jacko, good job. Currently sitting P4. We've got the jump on Vettel, Gasly and Hamilton. Max then went on to win the race comfortably. Take a listen to him cross the line as Serena Williams awkwardly waves a checkered flag. The woman holds a tennis racket for a living, but can barely wave the flag without looking like she's about to topple over. Take a listen. It's his first win in Monaco. Max Verstappen leads the World Championship and wins the Monaco Grand Prix. Max, that is a fabulous drive, mate. You're a Monaco 
Grand Prix winner. Fantastic. <laughs> yes! Oh, nice race! <laughs> oh, well done. I think we managed that really well, guys. Oh, super happy. <laughs> that was Master Class and you're leading the World Championship. Well done, mate. Team don't seem too thrilled. Well, well done, Mark. Max, that's your Monaco win. You're a Monaco winner. Yep, yep. Signs finished in P2. Now take a very close listen to his radio call. Now, do you think he was a little bit bitter about Leclerc getting all the attention and no one showing him some love? Yes. Grazie. Grazie tutti. Thank you, everyone. I know it's a bit of a difficult day for everyone, but uh, you need to be proud of the card and uh, the progress we are making. We will have time to make polls and win races in the future. Take a pride from the steps of the car. We had a car to win this weekend. Thank you. You need to be proud of the car. And more proud of me. I'm the greatest. Come on, man. You're the smooth operator. We know that. You're the smooth operator. Norris seemed to be the only one happy about it all. Love his celebration. Amazing. P3 in Monaco. What a job. Let's go, guys! <laughs> Woo! Awesome! Monaco, baby. Monaco podium. Monaco podium. Nice job, everyone. Awesome. We deserve this one. Awesome job, everyone. Thank you. He's turning out to have a half-decent little racer, this boy. Isn't he? He's, he's, he's becoming one of those little, little good racers. He's sitting P3 in the Drivers' Championship too. Good on you, Leno Norris. Also, the race, no fucking yellow flags, no overtakes. What kind of fucking race was this? Pull your head out, Monaco, or fuck right off. Now, it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats, so many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, 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 yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man. Now, we like the results for Hammond on the weekend, but Monica sucked. Yes, it gave us the results we love, Verstappen and the best friends finishing on the podium. Hurrah! When it comes to Monaco, we need a couple of things. We need some rain. We need some yellows. We need some reds. The lead into the race, I thought we were going to get all of that. A red in free practice, a red in quality, as I predicted in the last episode. That's why it's the only podcast you need to listen to. But at the circuit, where there is a 90% chance of a safety car, we were all excited. Not only did we not get a safety car during the race for the first time in 10 years, but there wasn't even a yellow flag. Not once. Not one yellow flag. First time in Monaco F1 history. How's that? Before you start of the week, I didn't even check that. Bada bada bee, bada bada bo. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. Probably. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. So. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, is pretty cool. Yeah. Ba ba da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. Ba 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 da bo, da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. Oh, anyone hungry? Oh my god, I am starving. It's time for the embarrassment sandwich. 
Now everybody, gather round. Because I get embarrassed. Do you get embarrassed as well? Yes. I think yes. everybody does. Now it's time for the embarrassment sandwich. Because all the Formula One drivers do embarrassing things just like you and me. Embarrassment sandwich. Ooh, I'm hungry. Embarrassment sandwich. It's time to eat an embarrassment sandwich. Ooh, That's yeah, right. Yeah. It is time for the embarrassment sandwich. And I am starving today. It's a segment where we bring up the most embarrassing thing from the race weekend. But we must also talk about our own embarrassing moments. Our own flaws, our own mistakes. So let's start with the first layer of the embarrassment sandwich. The first album I ever bought was Hanson's Umbop. The Formula One Monaco TV director decided that the only bit of action from the weekend was too good for us and cut away for a nice little image of Lance Stroll. Absolutely cocked it up. And when I found out what sex was, I came home and yelled at my mum and told her she was disgusting. I stand by my decision to shame her. And that was the embarrassment sandwich. Let me know some of your embarrassing moments. We can sandwich them together over at the socials. I'll park it in my firma on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm, okay, well, we've just gone through what happened at the weekend, but now it's time to break it on down. It's time for... The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's exactly right. <laughs> but we go through everything that was good on the weekend, everything that was bad on the weekend, and the downright ugly. It's pretty straightforward. So what are we doing? Let's get started. And we've got to start with the good. Oh, yes, the good. Well, let's start first. Max Verstappen, Perez, and Red Bull. They had a phenomenal weekend. Did everything they needed to do. Got themselves a P1, got themselves a P4. They're now leading the Drivers' World Championship and leading the Constructors' Championship over Mercedes and Sir Lewis Hamilton. But Perez still needs to lift his game. But other than that, very, very tidy weekend indeed. The good Lando Norris. Is he P3 in the Drivers' World Championship? Yeah, he is. Did he finish P3 in that race? Yes, he did. He is looking very, very handy indeed, especially because his car just compared to Daniel Ricciardo's, is incredible right now. Absolutely flooring it. The good Sebastian Vettel. Take a listen to him as he crossed the line. Well done, mate. Well done. P5. P5. Brilliant drive. Yes, boys. Ring, ding, ding. <laughs> Tough race, but well managed. Nice one. Nice overcut. Car was... The car was great this afternoon. Thank you. Finally, some uh, points in the back. That was P5 for Seb Vettel. Very well done. Very nice. Highest ever place finish for an Aston Martin. Well done. And the good Charles Leclerc qualifying fastest lap and seeing Carlos Sainz get the win instead of pissing it on with his mates back home. So I don't know if you saw that. Obviously, his qualifying lap was phenomenal. Not the one we all were talking about, but the other one. And afterwards, came out, saw his boy, gave him kiss and cuddle. Love your, love your work. Well done, Charles Leclerc. Now it's time to talk about the bad. And there was a lot of bad we need to talk about. All right, let's start with Charles Leclerc. Qualifying final lap. What the fuck was that? 
You crashed that on purpose, didn't you? You can tell me. You can tell me. No one's listening. Just tell me. Just tell me. The bad Lewis Hamilton. Here's what he had to say when asked if there were any lessons to be learned. For me, personally, no. The team, for sure. Apparently he was flawless. He did nothing wrong all weekend. I don't know, just drive the same car as Bottas and drive it a lot slower. How about that, you numpty? The bad, Serena Williams. You are one of the most awkward people I've seen on TV all weekend. Okay? That was really uncomfortable. It's Grand Prix. I would even accept you saying it wrong, Grand Prix. Not Grand Palais. Learn how to talk, mate. Alright, you hold a tennis racket for a living, yet you can't hold a flag for 20 seconds and wave it about. A three-year-old could do that. Serena, sort it out. Still the greatest of all time. The bad, Monaco GP. The race sucked. Sort your crap out, Monaco GP. Qualifying, great. We all knew it would be. Even free practice, I enjoyed it. I like having a look around. It's a great looking place. The race, no yellow flags, no safety car, no red flags, no bad weather, no crashes, no overtakes. Mm-hmm, sort your crap out. The bad, Daniel Ricciardo, what the hell's going on with you? One week you're on top of the car, now you're not? Everything feels good, yet you're a second behind your teammate? Come on, Danny Rick. I love you, buddy, but you've got to sort it out. You'll be fighting Baku, you love Baku. And the bad, Alpha Romeo. I'll tell you why you're bad. Connect Kimmy's damn drink. You know he's got an issue with that. All right, take a listen. Okay, Kimmy, that's the checkered flag. Well done. I think it's the best we could do today. We did a good race. So we need more charge, maximum fuel saving, please. And pick up Robert. Yeah, one thing. Again, the drink pipe came loose from the formation line. And it's been behind my back. The whole race, that filter, so I don't know how it's been so difficult to put it connected correctly. Okay, copy that. I will have a chat with the guys, see what happens. Now it's time to talk about the ugly. Oh my god, there was so much hideousness over the weekend. So ugly indeed. Let's go into it. Mazepin, again. Nikita Mazepin, if your team asks you to do something, just fucking do it. Take a listen. Driver default, Charlie, 85 when you can. Driver default, C85 when you can. That's on the MFA rotary to 10 o'clock position. I cannot do it, I cannot do it. Copy that, Maz. If you can move MFA to position C and then select 85 on the dash. Repeat number again, which number? 85, 85. I cannot do it, man, you are having a f I'm in Monaco. Yeah, I understand it's hard to drive a race car, but you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. Your daddy's a billionaire. He owns a team. He might want you to um, put it in the right mode so you don't stuff things up. Oh, it's Monaco. Are you, are you taking the piss? Whatever he said. I don't even know. I'm a bit angry about it, to be honest. The ugly. The Mercedes pit crew. What is going on? And why is it only ever happening to one of your drivers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it. We're putting conspiracy hats on and I'm going to bring it out next episode. We're going to talk about the Mercedes conspiracy. Everyone's talking about how Charles Leclerc purposely drove into that wall. Bullshit. I'm talking about Mercedes pit crew is purposely screwing over Valtteri Bottas. 
Still can't get the tire off, apparently. Come on. I mean, you had no. You, you pitted Hamilton afterwards to set the fastest lap. You weren't worried that it would happen again. Of course, you weren't worried it was going to happen again, because you actually did it properly for Hamilton. The ugly Mercedes race strategy. Jesus. I oh, know. Let's start P7. Finished. Uh, oh no, I think he ended up finishing P7 as well. But it wasn't pretty. He's the best driver in the world in the best car in the world. What's going on? Sort it out. And that was your good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey, let me know if I've missed anything out. I think I missed Antonio Giovinazzi. He's a good. He is a good. Q3, oh, you racing car Jesus, you sexy motherfucker. And let me know over at the socials, at Parker in my family, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Or you can just send a carrier pigeon over to my house, and I'll read you the letters. I'll read them. Slide into the DMs. I'll catch you too. I'll catch you. Arms wide open. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so, so much for listening because it, that's 40 episodes down. We are 40 down. If you've missed any, you know where to go. Parkinmyfermate.com don't want to miss out again subscribe follow do your thing and if you really reach out and just just touch it not like that not like that just at Parker in my family Facebook Instagram Twitter I'll be there but thank you very much next episode we're going to have Crofty's Love Files we'll be back we're going to talk about some of the conspiracy theories going on in Mercedes pit crew right there and much, much more as we get ready for Baku as well. Driver's Power Rankings, lots to cover. Oh, but thank you, as always, for listening. Thanks for listening. Network.